The following story was told by Lauren, a writer and mental health advocate from Mental Health Connecticut's Right On program. This story is raw, personal, and may contain language not suitable for younger listeners. Dad used to tell me bedtime stories on the pull-out couch in the apartment. He'd lean over my body, sharing secrets with my growing mind that hadn't yet been taught to be guarded. Handsome princes and castles replaced by worries and troubles. My dad was my hero, and he treated me as his equal. I would learn much later it was beyond his capacity to put himself aside enough to be the father that I need. But at the time, my big eyes had absorbed everything, and my tiny hands couldn't cover my ears when they were tucked in tight under the sheets. So when I had something to say, when I couldn't hold my secret any longer, my dad was the first person I told about what was happening with my next-door neighbor. It had gone on for years now, a steady sickness growing in my gut. At 10 years old, I knew it was wrong, an ingrained violation I had mistaken for love. When I spoke those words out loud, I didn't know I'd have to pray for my father to catch them. Instead, he threw his own version right back at me, said, that happened to me too, and proceeded to recount the tale of his own childhood molestation. My ears were wide open, and my mouth was tightly shut. At age 13, a little piece of our relationship broke off when my dad stood up in the courtroom and told his story to the judge while I was supposed to be seeking justice for my innocence lost. Three years later, another piece chipped away again when he went off his medication because he thought God had saved him. My eyes tried to close, but not before they saw an unraveling shell of a man frantically pacing the halls of a mental institution. And I blamed God, but I also blamed him. A seed of fury had taken root behind my ribs it would twist and expand into an overwhelming hatred for a force, an excuse, an illness, or a genetic code. Whatever the case, it wasn't his fault. It was out of his control. But that explanation did nothing to soothe my anger and confusion because I wanted answers to questions that were better left unspoken. So I threw the whole thing away. Went off in search of my own identity put a two and a half hour drive between my father and I while I tried to rewrite my family history. (laughs) 
way up high in the mountains of southern Vermont at a prestigious liberal arts school, who would have thought that little Lauren Bolstridge would have her first manic episode? She's ahead of her time losing her mind at 19 years old. Here's where the irony kicks in. When you spend so much of your time hating a man, you actually start to become him. Or at least that's what I thought the doctor said as I flailed like a wild animal caged in the ER room bed. White walls, white sheets, white jackets, and a blackness I couldn't scrape out of my head. I didn't believe in God, but I wished he'd strike me dead instead. My worst fear come to fruition. My unjust punishment, three syllables spoken. Bipolar. This story was recorded in front of a live audience at CT Improv's Theater in Hartford, Connecticut. Want to hear more young adults find their voice and speak their truth? Go to mhconn.org slash write on. That's W-R-I-T-E-O-N.